Let's just uh, the uh, so we're doing we're doing Taylor Swift today. Um, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Like what? I don't I... know how it gets better than this. <laughs> you take my head head first, fearless. Is that right? <laughs> Is that the lyric? Yeah, you take my head and drag me head first, fearless. That's a little like you take I know my these you take, lyrics. You take it's my very hand. Dirty. Head. You take my hand and push and me. And drag he- me head first, fearless. Should it be hand first? I don't know. Like, I don't know if it could get better than this. You take my hand, you drag, you take my hand and drag me hand first, fearless. Because that's like, it, it's like. If, we fixed it for you. So. <laughs> consider this jam punched up. Um, speaking of uh, punched up jams, I got a little something for you. <laughs> Cause I've been meaning to listen to that But I've been busy with looking up It's a pizza rat Don't forget the gifts But I've been meaning to listen oh to that is this, So shame is this on me But frankly who would actually give a crap When we're dead in the cold hard ground Where we'll be Rubble, rubble, rubble We'll all be rubble, rubble, rubble. <sighs> okay, that's all I got for that. That was actually well done. <laughs> I'm mad about it, but let's start like... the episode. <laughs> Click. Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remember that it's sitting in the closet, so I called you up. Just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to lose it I've been meaning to listen to lose it Why don't you come over and talk about it Ooh, 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 ooh. Why don't you come over and talk about it Hey everybody, welcome to I've Been Mean to Listen to That the podcast where we uh, talk about albums we've been meaning to listen to and use it as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, today we're talking about uh, Fearless by Taylor Swift. And uh, this is an album that I haven't listened to yet. So what kind of, like, what music of Taylor Swift did you really get into? Um, is it just pretty much, uh, like, Red and Beyond? Well... Um, Red, not as much, honestly. It's like, um, like I said, 1989 is like my fate, my, uh, favorite of hers. And just like, I think just like non-problematic bops is where it's at for me. (laughs) Like that's where. Non-problematic and you go to Taylor Swift. (laughs) I mean, like that album, like the lyrical content of that album, there isn't really that much. It's very unoffensive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She references. She references sex for the first time in any of her albums though, oh. on that one. So that was the first time I've heard of let sex. Let the by pearl the way. clutching begin. Yeah. Um. So I haven't listened to I haven't listened to this particular album because I was kind of afraid of not liking it. I think um, as if she was going to be like disappointed in me. <laughs> but, but also like um, there's a like a level of like. Uh, I feel like the album wouldn't be for me because I'm a grown up, and this is like 
This All is written true when she was a child. All true adults call themselves grown-ups. <laughs> <laughs> like she was a child when she wrote this. And also the other thing is like it's a country album where we talked a little bit about yeah. that in our Casey Musgraves episode. But it's a country album and like part of me had like, a, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know if I'll like connect with this this much. But when you like kind of like listen to it, it's like very much a pop record. Like it, it's pretty much a pop record. There, there's very there's like a little like t- country twang every so often, but it's a it's a pop record. I don't know. Yeah, she mastered that crossover really well. Yeah, she's just like straight up pop these days, obviously. Um, and like I know you were saying recently, like 1989 is like the perfect pop album. Um, I, I wouldn't say per- which, perfect pop album, but like a very good pop record. It is. It is a very good pop record. I would. I would agree with you. Um, I don't listen to a lot of like pop, but I did listen to that entire album. It's like the last one. Well, I was going to say it's like the last one that I listened to of hers, but like she's only had one since then. So let's talk about. I um I. This is something. This is like the. This is the juicy. I, I feel like we had to get that out of the way because the there's a plethora of like juicy material underneath the surface here. Of you, as a reward, uh, used to be a huge Swifty. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I think that I talked about that. Uh, I just recently listened back to like the first episode that we made. Um, I did talk about that a little bit in my origins of music that I had like a phase where like, um, a good 75% of what I listened to was Taylor Swift. 75. Um, (laughs) I am an obsessive person. Okay. (laughs) If I like something, okay. I walked uh, like I just went for like a twenty minute walk, shortly before recording this, and uh, I listened to the same two songs on repeat <laughs> because I just really like them. What are the two songs? Um, they're both K Flay songs. Uh, one is they're both her uh, new songs. She has Bad Vibes mm-hmm. and um, what is the other one called? Let me look this up real quick because I cannot it's remember. It's the second song of the two songs you've Well, to. she, like, just released it oh, um, cool, cool. a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah, um, it's... My, oh, This Baby Don't Cry. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, K-Flay is really good, and you guys should check her out. Um, she's very, like, trying to seem tough type artist. You're not really selling um, it. <laughs> I'm not really selling it, but it is really good. I'm sick, okay? I get, like, plenty of... I have so many excuses for not forming words right. So, yeah, 75%, and I'm not, like, exaggerating. Maybe a little bit, but not really. Um, And, yeah, I was just a huge fan uh, to the point where I listened to her, like, Christmas album that she had. Um, I listened to... Because at this point, it was just uh, her self-titled album and Fearless were out. Mm. But then she had, like, the deluxe edition of Fearless, right. which I listened to. Um, and which uh, I believe we're going to do a bonus episode right. on, That's so right. I won't get too much into that. Um, but, yeah, like... 
I have all of these songs memorized. I know, like, I was telling Andrew I know them like the back of my hand, and then I got the song Breathe stuck in my head <laughs> because I really do know them like the back of my hand. So, like, around, how old were you when you were, like, super into Taylor? Like, how old were you? I uh, like, 13. 13. And what about her, what about Taylor's music at the time was, drew you to it and made you feel this obsessive over it at the time? Um, well, I thought that, I thought she was, uh, very authentic, um, because <laughs> I was 13 and I didn't know, um, but, uh, which, me saying that is just saying that she has rich parents who, um, are, like, who have connections in the music industry, and oh, so, like, shoot, she was- fired. <laughs> Yeah, she was never really, like, this come-up star, right. but that's what I thought that she was, and I thought that she was very authentic and that she would always be authentic, and um, so I just really enjoyed that. It was somebody who I could relate to. A lot of these songs, like, are talking about, like, high school, which I wasn't in yet, but I felt like I related to a lot of this stuff. Like, right. 15, like, I felt that, even though I wasn't 15 yet, um, and... Yeah, I don't know. It was just... Then, like, stylistically, um, I've mentioned before, I grew up on mostly country music, and, uh, like, country and Christian music, which she's a very unoffensive, like, artist. She uh, was country at the time, but she was crossing over into pop, mm -hmm. and so that was kind of, like, I don't know... Uh, it felt like something different than, like, what my parents listened to all the time. And, uh... Because it's not like I was listening to, like, Johnny Cash country. Mm -hmm. um, I was listening to something that was different, but yet the same. So, um, like, you were, you were kind of, like, relishing in the fact that it was kind of different from what your parents would listen to. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because this was shortly before my Paramore phase. <laughs> <laughs> Where the where your parents were like, oh no, she's too far gone. <laughs> this music yeah. is unacceptable. <laughs> We've lost our. Where child. I just wanted to be this uh, rebel, listening to emo music all the time. Panic at the disco. Although apparently he and fucking Taylor Swift are working <laughs> together now. What the fuck is that about? So like, I guess like um, so it sounds that like you're. The reason you kind of drifted apart from her was partly age, partly, you know, you're growing up into your own as, like, someone with your own individual taste, partly, like, because she was moving into a direction that was was something you weren't connecting with as much. But I understand, like, there, I feel like there's also, like, I feel like you, you um, have, like, you have this view of, like, Taylor Swift as, like, also a problematic person and i was kind of like wondering like what you're what in what ways is she like problematic to you like what is like her most egregious sins so um i drifted apart from taylor swift uh, i'm just going to say uh, this as like part of it um probably a big reason that I did drift apart from her was like learning that she was inauthentic because there was a period of time where just because of her changes stylistically like I just didn't listen to her as much but I was mm -hmm. still okay with her but then just like uh getting a little bit older and being less naive and finding out that like uh it was all carefully crafted 
um, to seem as like, um, I don't know, just uh, innocent underdog, like country pop star, like raising, like rising up in the world and like just finding out that like that authenticity that I thought that she had wasn't real kind of sucked because uh, I don't know, that's uh, just something, especially at that time that I looked up to a lot in uh, artists that I listened to was like um, some sort of like moral high ground, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's like putting too much pressure on one person for sure. And that's why I've tried to grow beyond that. Um, and I think I have in a lot of ways, but uh as far as the most egregious thing that she's done, like, I just think that it's a number of things, like, uh, co-opting the label of feminism, but, like, for attention, but not actually, um, understanding it, or, like, um, being intersectional about it. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, that's something that, like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, and she's got, like, uh, in her, like, 1989 era, <laughs> she's got, like, this, uh, big, like, uh, like squad of people and stuff and like uh, that's oh yeah I do remember that <laughs> yeah and that's like whatever like have friends but she was <laughs> using them as like tokens <laughs> whatever have friends <laughs> I'm sorry just that phrase it's not everything you're saying is fine but like whatever have friends <laughs> See if I even give a shit. <laughs> okay. Um, like, whatever happened, like, um, but, like, you felt like they were, to- you, she was tokenizing She them. was, like, tokenizing them, and um, she, like, and I thought that it was funny uh, when, like, certain people would be interviewed, like, Lord or something like that, and, like, they would just be like, the fuck? Like, I don't even, like, what is this like squad i don't even do that and stuff and uh <laughs> just jumbled thoughts no this no even it's, fucking it's, matter. it's okay it's okay um, um but yeah basically like a lot of that stuff was like really annoying how she uh like took on this victim mentality and stuff about uh kanye oh uh, yeah and i can see that she uh was like, I don't know. She profited off of that for so long, and the, the whole reputation was, era was kind of that, and like that was like yeah. the impetus of why that she kind of went into that. Like, um, which like is, what do you mean? Um, like I think like the Kanye, like I think the Kanye thing where Kim Kardashian kind of recorded the fo- the phone message. Of like her approving that song. Oh um, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that song. Well, what, yeah, like it was like kind of like um, I think that kind of made her go into hiding for a little bit, and then yeah. she came back with like the Reputation era, um, like to the point where she had that fucking music video where she was like making fun of uh, like Kim Kardashian like being robbed. Is that true? I didn't. I didn't put she that together. She had references to that in her music video. I didn't video. put that together. Like that's that's messed up. That's yeah. really messed up. Oh no! Like here's the thing I'll say about Taylor Swift's like problematism is that um is that 
anytime I hear something like that, anytime I like, you know, hear something like that, it's they they never like anyone who says I don't like Taylor Swift, she's problematic, she's a bad person, or like I don't think she's good because of this. Um, I never disagree with them. I never go. I, I, it's not a hill I'm willing to die on. Of like Taylor Swift isn't problematic. I think sometimes people are are unfair. Sometimes. So you're not a true Swifty. <laughs> you're just but, okay. When you say that, like, you don't have to be. You don't have to like or approve of everything an artist does to be a true. No, fan. I completely like, yeah. agree with you. <laughs> I'm just kidding because uh, there okay. are the people that it's like. Uh, I don't know, like, uh, I think that it's really funny uh, hearing about, like, interactions between, um, like, weird Twitter and, uh, like, uh, stan Twitter, because, like... It's so loud, like, that's... The yeah. Problem. It's like, uh, they, to the point where, like... When I say you're not a true Swifty, like, I know that you, like, know I was joking. But, like, I guess what I mean yeah, is you're not you? one of those people who's going to tweet at every single fucking person who references Taylor Swift in a negative light and, like, call them out or, like, uh, just, I don't know, completely miss the entire point of anything just dying on that hill. Yeah. It's, um... Yeah, it, it's a, it's a, it's not a minority, but it's like uh, the, how loud it is. It's not. It's really not always indicative of like the tr like a, the general fandom. Like people generally. Oh yeah, for sure. People generally are like, I'll put this Taylor Swift on in the radio car and like go off in the radio car. <laughs> go off on their day. Um, now this thing about like uh, Taylor Swift being um, inauthentic and calculating. Um, I think there is, like, a lot of truth to that. I think there's a lot of, like, um, what's it called? And the fact that, you know, she had parents who were, like, connected to the music industry. That kind of got her her start. I think that's, like, that's, that aspect is very true. But I think also sometimes people, when people use calculating as, like, an insult... I feel I get like I get a little defensive because I feel it's as though it's just another it's just a new way to put down women artists like like it's like a backhanded compliment of like Oh, I absolutely agree that there's a lot of um there's a lot of stuff that comes her way that is only because she's a woman. Yes, yeah. Like I I've I've said this before but I think she's like the Hillary Clinton of the music industry where Yeah, she... like she is problematic and she like does have plenty of things that you can criticize but you have to be careful about like uh like you have to be discerning of like why you are criticizing her. Exactly. Yes. And it, it, it like uh again like she's held to like a standard that like other male artists or straight art like straight artists or like you know like what straight white artists like don't live up to like um like justin bieber recently like defended chris brown and compared him to like tupac and michael jackson and no one's gonna care he's gonna get out of this unscathed i think it's like there is an element of like oh she has such power and she wields such influence and you know maybe we should like well 
That's where I get annoyed. Sorry. That's where I get annoyed with the um, feminist angle is that, like, she does write songs for children and, like, she is very influential in, um, like, their forming opinions on feminism. And I think that if she, like, at the very least showed, like, a more intersectional, like, version of, like, what feminism is supposed to be, then, like that would be great. Like, if she didn't just use it as a cop-out for when people criticized her and say, like, stop picking on me, like, why are you pitting women against each other? Like... I get that. If she... Like, if she would just stop doing that and actually... Or, like, even if she did do that, whatever, like, accompany it with, like, actual, like, feminist ideals. Like, what else are you doing for feminism other than saying that people shouldn't insult you because you're a woman? Well, like, we'll get into, like, kind of, like, what I take away as her, like, you know, stance on feminism. Um, but... Well, this album has nothing to do with feminism, I feel like. Because this is before she actually, like, claimed that as her thing. So it's like, I'm not really going to... I don't know. I think it should be criticized from that lens to some extent, like, Mm -hmm. uh, in 15, (laughs) but, uh, we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, I'll say, uh, one more thing I kind of want to like, um, let's see. Um, a few more things I want to just talk about, like preconceived notions wise is, um, you know, uh, what's called, uh, Oh, yeah, I feel like she has a lot of parallels to... Speaking of Kanye, I feel like she has a lot... The artist that's, like, kind of closely, like, most reflective of her, her, ironically, is Kanye in a weird way, where it's like they both had this superstar level of fame. They both reinvent themselves with each album. They're both egotistical, like, egotists and, like, problematic. They have had associations with the far right, um, where... Kanye with the MAGA hat and, like, Taylor was at one point kind of crowned as, like, the Aryan princess of the far right at one point. And she didn't deny it for, like, the longest time. Here's the thing. Here's something I'll, like, is, like, I don't know if, like, engaging that would have been the right idea, though. Like, it is. Well, just denouncing it like don't engage with those people but like say something for the benefit of all of the um like people of color out there who listen to her all of the like uh queer kids who listen to her like people who are frequently targeted by the same people groups like who would like taylor who would you rather keep as fans (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's like that's a very like I think the the reason why I was kind of like, you know, was a little defensive of that was like, um, oh, we know she's not like this. That That's not her thing. Like, even in her limited feminism, like, it's never been implied that was a part of what she believed. But what you said is like, I think that's very valid. I think that's very important uh, to denounce that. And um but the going back to the Kanye thing is like the last comparison point was like even though they're like they keep reinventing themselves and they're like so far gone in terms of like fame and their fame level and all this stuff it it's like there's still like this purity to their soul that is still very appealing and I feel is the reason why people keep gravitating to them and keep giving them chances in a way um, which is like and, and like. 
you know, if you get to this level of fame and like notoriety, I feel like there's no way not to be a weirdo. There's like no way not to kind of like somehow lose touch and somehow like lose like what it what what's what it's like to be a person like a common day person. But I think Taylor Swift is like on the lower end of the blatantly offensive spectrum in terms of like those super like massive superstars like just again like Justin Bieber and like Kanye and all these folks um but yeah I do think that it is shitty that like um people have given her more flack for like I think that it is wrong that she didn't denounce those things but I think that like she has gotten like she's been targeted more for that than uh some like other artists who are on the same like level of fame as her or like who are also up there who have like said blatantly like uh maga type things and like just racist awful things like in support of like trump yeah i think that that is kind of where that goes back to what you were saying before about her um being often being targeted because she is a woman yeah like and i hope that uh anybody listening understands the nuance that like that's not saying that anything that she gets is because of that but it's saying that like it is amplified because of that like i think that she should be criticized for like the problematic things but i think that it should be even i i I just think it's like also like low-hanging fruit to like pile on taylor it's it's like oh yeah on a comedy level it's just easy it's just like you know just like oh trump's a look at his orange hair just like come on like (laughs) like it's easy uh yeah yeah um well yeah that's um let's that's our preconceived notions of taylor swift um So let's get into Fearless um, right after this break. Click. This episode of I've Been Mean to Listen to That is sponsored by I Hate You Too. That's right. I-B-M-T-L-T-T is sponsored by I H Hate You Too. (laughs) Oh, it's fun. I Hate You Too is a comedy web series about two trashy millennial roommates dishing out the love and the hate. Allie and Kevin may think they have golden futures ahead of them in Chicago, but only if they, if they can navigate their psycho mid-twenties. <laughs> oh, man. It's my life. Except for the part of me being named Kevin and Allie, and except the part of me living in Chicago. I am in my mid-twenties. I don't have a golden future. And I don't have a best friend. I hug my pillow at night, pretending it's a person. So, this show is created, written, and directed by Allie Wessel and Kevin Blair, filmed and edited by Jeff Haney, and music is by Jackson Red and Montauk. Wow, what a stellar ensemble. Like, if I was to assemble the next A-Team movie, these are the guys I would look to. Not Mr. T. (laughs) Spilling tea over here. Uh. Uh, so, uh, you can watch season one on YouTube right now. It's six episodes, about ten minutes each. 
and uh, it has a lot of UIUC alum actors who now live in Chicago. So if you want to say, hey, what's that Chicago alum Mindy Shore or Jordan Glees or Marlene Slaughter up to, you could check out this web series and see what they're up to and be like, hey, that's what they're up to. And hey, what they're up to is actually something really great and I'm proud of them and I love them, even though I live so far apart from them. So check out I Hate You Too on YouTube today or tomorrow, but preferably today. And we're back um, here to talk about Fearless. Yeah. So let's uh, get into the titular track, uh, Fearless. Yes, let's dive into this head first, Fearless. I think something striking about the song is how small scale it is. It's like, it's really kind of like this, I, and I know there's like an element of, oh, she's like, a, you know, she's from a rich family, blah, blah, blah. But like, when I listened to it, I kind of believed, I believed all of it generally. I was like, oh, she's just like the girl next door. You know, she's the girl at your high school who's kind of like, um, you know, who lives in a small town and is just like a regular person. Yeah, she's really good at painting that picture especially like just throughout this entire album and her first album and yeah it uh is definitely appealing to the um the 13 year old kid who listens to country music yeah so it's Um, like it's like a very small but it's like small scale it's like very like she sings about you know how beautiful the streets look when when it rains, dancing in a parking lot, you know, finding the beauty and romanticism in the mundane, which I think there is like a lot of value to and to that wholesomeness and purity in a way. Like of like, you know, I feel like so much of life is yearning, so much of life is wanting what we don't have and like but to just like look around every and not to say that they're like there aren't situations where you shouldn't be grateful or you shouldn't be, you, you shouldn't have that outlook outlook because you deserve more. But I think it is also beneficial to look at things with like a child's eyes of like, and having that air of gratitude every so often, I think is a good thing. Yeah. I really, I still think for me personally that this song uh, holds up <laughs> um, with the uh, just, I don't know, in, like, a very, um, basic, basic way, uh, because it's, like, it is, um, just kind of so simple, and, like, uh, especially since I listened to it on repeat for, like, such a long time, like, I remember the first time listening to it, and, like, being so excited because I got the physical album as a gift, um, (laughs) Because I like having the physical copies. I Like, now for me, it's vinyl. But, uh, like... Ugh. <laughs> yeah, now I'm a dirty hipster. Um, this, is, this is why you millennials are poor. Because <laughs> you buy vinyls. I'm kidding. Okay. But, uh, like... I don't know. Like, I guess it just takes me back to that time. And, like, it feels, like, very simple. And, like... I don't know, like, uh, I was just looking on Genius to see what they say about it, and, uh, like, they have the, um, bit about, like, what the word fearless means to her, like, from the album booklet, like, somebody copied it into here, and, like, reading this, like, I remember reading that because I had the physical copy of the album, (laughs) 
Um, but like she says, uh, to me, fearless is not the absence of fear. It's not completely, it's not being completely unafraid. To me, fearless is having fears. Fearless is having doubts. Lots of them. To me, fearless is living in spite of those things that scare you to death. Fearless is falling madly in love again, even though you've been hurt before. No matter what love throws at you, you have to believe in it. You have to believe in love stories and Prince Charmings and happily ever after. That's why I write these songs, because I think love is fearless. And I don't know, just that uh, optimistic view, like, um, I don't know, that's not like my vibe now, but that's like, uh, just, I remember laying down on the couch and like reading like every word that she had in the album booklet and that's like one thing that stood out to me because it's like something that's different than what you think it would be i don't but know there is a there's an element of like there's an there's an element of grief listening to this album of like grieving the the version of yourself and to an extent taylor swift who believed in these things and who like had this optimism uh, that version of yourself had to die to make the version you are today. Um, it's it's very depressing. <laughs> like it's it's sad. Uh, like uh, you know, you grieve a more innocent version of yourself, but in exchange, you get a version of yourself who's smarter, who who knows more things, who you know might not be happy all the time, but I think is a wiser person. I think is a stronger, more resilient person. And I don't know. I think it's um, it's a bit it's bittersweet listening to this, like especially when this album is like so saccharinely sweet. Yeah, like, it's I don't know. Well, um, I agree with you there. I think that like in that way, there's a like I don't know. It's such a like sweet like processed like thing that uh, you wouldn't think that there would be any room for like. A level of rawness but like it feels like there is uh because of that grief and uh i don't know it's definitely a trip looking back at this and like looking at who she is today and like because like that's so wrapped up in like because this album is so wrapped up in who i was at that time too it's kind of like listening to it the first time was a little painful to be honest um because like there was that grief, like, for myself, I guess. Yeah. Wow. It's but, a trip. Yeah. Sorry if I'm not making any sense. My brain is... No, that makes plenty of sense. Okay. That makes plenty of sense. Um, yeah. Uh, the next song is 15. Uh, it's the prequel to Adele's 19 and the sequel to 7, directed by David Fincher. So... <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, gave the everything she had line a little bit. Um, what what are your thoughts? I, when I listened to it, I didn't know. When I first listened to it, I didn't get, catch that it was Abigail lost her virginity to this guy. Like I did not catch that at the time. I just assumed she got her heart broken. I think that it's so sad that like um, I don't know just that that's the way that they view things and that like they have been raised to like because Taylor Swift was raised in a conservative environment in the south um to like a 
like Christian family. Um, and like, it's just so sad to me. Uh, like given the fact that I grew up in a similar environment, um, how much that's like ingrained in there, that that's like everything you have, that that's something that's like, uh, when you give it up, it like can't just, even if you get, even if you get your heart broken and stuff, like when you like lose your virginity and stuff, that it is this great loss and that it's like, it can't be like this, um, special experience. Um, like, it's viewed that it has to be this special experience, and if it's before marriage, then it can't be. Yeah, it's, it is, it is, it is very sad, and it's, like, um, I want to be very careful about, like, talking about this stuff, too, um, because it is, like, very, it's sensitive, and it's, like, um, um, but, uh, it's, like, um, First of all, it's weird that she doxed her friend Abigail <laughs> into, into like, ooh, she had sex. Oh, they're still friends to, like, these, to this day, apparently, though. That that I find sweet. That, is that sweet. I like. like, but, that is like, like that's, that's, I guess, my point in saying that is that, like, apparently Abigail was okay with it. <laughs> or maybe she wasn't and she got over it. Um, so uh, I'll say, like, um, ultimately, when someone chooses to have sex at that age... It's their choice, and it should be safe and responsible. But I also feel... I do feel bad for her. I do feel bad for... I do feel a lot of sympathy for, you know, these two people. Like, the pe- the people in the song. Uh, because, you know, raising being raised in that environment, it's, you know... Having sex for the first time is traumatic. And, you know... Especially, like, if that's how you were raised, and that's how you viewed well, it. Well, even if it's a good experience, it can be traumatic because of like being like growing up in that environment like even if it is whoever you end up marrying or something like that or it's somebody that like you love and somebody who like doesn't break your heart and isn't going to like there's just this dirty like feeling to it because of like how ingrained like because of that environment and how like ingrained that gets and like your views on those things it's 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 just so like dramatic and so like you know it's so dramatic and like it could potentially exacerbate any trauma you know that was there already in because in the context of this song you know the the boy broke her heart the boy was kind of using her for her body and for like you know for his own needs or whatever and that's messed, that's twisted enough on its own. But then to add, oh, also God, also this, you know, you know, what will my parents think? What will God think? All these things, it like could make things worse in a way. Well, yeah. And it's like, um, like, like you said, being in that situation is shitty enough as it is, but then when you have that compounded by the idea that, um, like, that just really sucks having that compounded, uh, by the idea that, like, this is, um, not something that you can get back. That, like, you can't go back and do it the right way around. Like, that's not, um, like, you can, but that's, you already, like, gave everything that you have. But I will say, like, in the context of the song and in the context of where they were raised, it's a story about Taylor being there for her friend. 
And, you know, when she was, like, going through something really difficult, like, they cried together, they grieved together. And, again, like, the 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 wider context is a little screwy, but in, like, Taylor was a friend to this, Taylor was a friend. And, like, I think that's really sweet. Um, yeah, I think that's the, there is value to take away from the song, too. Um, not just in that, but also how, you know, it's valuable to hear a teenager write about being a teenager instead of like a person remembering what it's like to be a teenager. And I feel like this album and the song has like probably encouraged a lot of kids to like write their own stories, like no matter how small their stories could be perceived. And I think there's a great deal of maturity to be able to articulate your emotions and experiences at this age. Ultimately being in your teens and like writing about like being 15 like this is a very realistic portrayal of like a time when she like uh, like of some shit that she and her friend were going to through and like of just being a friend to abigail like it's not um yeah it's not flawless but it's like a time capsule yeah and, and i like, think that you have to view it in that concept when criticizing it i guess yeah, I bet, like, I bet if we, like, read some of our old diaries or, like, journals or whatever, it'd be like, ugh, like, this is, this is awful. Oh, uh, speaking of things that I wrote back when I was, uh, this young, um, I wrote an essay for school, um, or actually, it was for, like, an essay contest, um, and, uh, quoted the song Change in it. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> Wow, what, what was the context? Uh, it was about, um, like, breaking barriers and stuff. And um, so oh, I wow. quoted, uh, these things will change. Can you feel it now? And I was just like, this is what this is from. Like, that's how I opened up the essay. Aw. <laughs> that's... That is like that like it's easy to make fun of that, but that's really sweet. That's like so pure. <laughs> like you know, like you know what? Like anytime you wanna like I feel like people would hate on Taylor Swift less if it came from the mouth of Tiny Snack or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine like <laughs> uh, one more thing about um this song uh, that I wrote that I think is very funny is like um it is funny about like, you know, an 18-year-old giving a 15-year-old advice is very funny to me. It's like, it's like the John Mulaney joke of, like, it's like getting a horse to babysit your dog. <laughs> like... uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, here's our number if you need us, and you're a horse. <laughs> I could do the whole thing if I wanted to, but I'm not going to. Um, so, uh, love story. It's very catchy. Um... I love how the song builds to the explosive Marry me, Juliet, you'll never have to be alone. Okay. I, how it builds to that is rules. But, like, like, I don't like the music very much. Mm. Like, I... Speak up. I just think that it's too much going on at once. And so, like, the... I like, I think that um, the, like, Marry me, Juliet thing, like, it has impact, but, like, I feel like if there was just a little bit less going on than it would uh, be more, like, there'd be some sort of emotion with it or something. 
but it just doesn't feel like there is to me. And, like, plus, of course, me being, like, even though I was a Taylor Swift fan, I was still, like, a bit of a hipster about it and being like, oh, well, this is the popular song of the album, so, like, I'm gonna (laughs) not like this one. Well, uh, yeah, um... I personally like the I like the instrumentals. Uh, it's like, um, yeah, it's just like very low, like making something very low stakes and mundane into a sweeping roller coaster romantic cinematic experience is. Oh no! Like she's not a child prodigy like Alicia Keys or like Lauren Hill or what whoever, Justin Bateman, <laughs> but like it's like <laughs> it's the I. The idea that she's able to like craft this help, like craft a song, like, and of course with help is like pretty impressive. Like it has like a clear arc. It's like it builds the songwriting's there. It's good. I don't know. Um, hey Steven. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what I was gonna say. Okay. With that. But anyway, <laughs> I yeah. Hey Steven is. One that I really liked when I was younger because I really liked songs where you can hear that the person is smiling when they're singing. Oh. <laughs> Nowadays, you're like, if, if they're if they're not frowning, I'm out. <laughs> they need to sound like they had nails for breakfast. <laughs> um, okay, so um, you do you still like do you still like that? You know, it's as if she's smiling while she's singing the song. I I like that quality of it, but I don't really like the song as a whole as much anymore. I like the unconventional internal rhymes of Stephen believing. Oh this yeah, even that I do really reason. like, but I That's could cool. not put a finger on what that was. I guess um, it reminds me of like uh, Carly Rae Jepsen's like uh, "I Really Like You" with a line "Late night watching television, but how we get in this position like that." That's like, oh, it's not quite a rhyme, but like that works. It's like really cool. Um, I think that, you know, the line, but all those other girls, well, they're beautiful, but would they write a song for you? <laughs> that is such a baller flex. Like that is a baller flex. Like, that, <laughs> like that's true. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's true. You can't really say anything to that. That's such a baller flex. And the the common criticism Taylor Swift receives is like, oh, she pits women against each other. She like, you know, but in this song, I feel like the feminism Taylor Swift offers in the song and in, in this album is like knowing her value, knowing her value in terms of what she has to offer that not everyone else can offer. And I think that is really valuable. I think that especially for kids. Yeah. I agree. Well, I I didn't actually, I didn't think of it that way, but, like, that, uh, I do really like that line of, uh, like, uh, but would they write a song for you and everything, and, like, I think that, um, that is, I think that that is important, like, uh, being able to see somebody who, like, uh, clearly, like, has a clearly defined, like, positive self-image, um, which, like, throughout this album, like, it is apparent that she does, and, like, um, I don't know, I think that, like, uh, 
aside from the title track being named Fearless, that in and of itself is like a good reason for the album to be called that because she does have a very like fearless self-image. And like, I think she kind of still does. I don't think that that's really been shaken up. It's shaken off. Shaken off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next up we got um, we got White Horse. Yes. Um, what do y'all think? What do y'all think of White Horse? The panel. I like White Horse. I like White Horse too. It's very like, like, I like the ballads that she does a lot better than like. I know that she's like a pop artist and everything, but like, mm-hmm. I like the kind of um, like sadder things like this where she's exploring other emotions because like yeah we get it you can do like yes. the sickly sweet but like what else can you do. It's it, it, the interesting thing about this song is like it kind of like undercuts the narrative she sets up, like the fairy tale narrative she sets up in Love Story or some of the other songs of like life isn't a fairy tale, life isn't a narrative. Um, and how the narrative she built for herself like comes crumbling down. And when she calls herself like a stupid girl, like that's I felt I felt that in my bones, like truly, like having this idea of like how this was going to go and then it not being the case. And then you're just like, you you just feel so dumb. You feel like, so like naive, you feel like, so like used and like naive. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like I related to this song a lot at that age because I was a very sad kid. Um, like, oh, no, that's not funny. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. No, that's I not like, I feel like you're learning a lot about 13 year old me. So, um, but like, and I really like how, uh, she uses all of these, uh, like what you mentioned and everything that she uses all of these, uh, like scenes that she's already set up about like, um, like fairy tales and princesses and whatever and like uh even the the title of it white horse like the uh of course it's white <laughs> right taylor um white is right I'm <laughs> fuck off um but yeah she like uses all these things that she's already set up and like all of these symbols of like her career back then um and uses them to show like the depression that like this pushed her into mm-hmm. yeah i felt the i people say like you know when taylor sing, sings a sad song it's not that sad i think miel said that on her on punch up the jam at one point um but like uh you know it's like a manufactured sadness. But like in this, I felt, I really did feel it. Like, yeah, I, did feel I like think she this was... is like one of her like rare songs where like I actually could feel the sadness. Like I remember um, like because it was 75% of what I listened to, like uh, this was one of the songs I listened to when I was sad. And like I watched the music video and stuff and like... I, uh, like, she looks super depressed in the music video and stuff, too, and I know that that's manufactured, but, like, I don't know, just, like, you can hear the happiness in Hey Steven, like, you can hear that, like, she's, like, you can feel that she's actually gone through something in this one. Uh, one more thing, uh, uh, like, I want to talk about one line, uh, where she says, begging for forgiveness, begging for me, just like I always wanted, but I'm so sorry, you know, and then she goes into the chorus. 
And so the idea of this line is like the guy came back and is remorseful and he's like begging her like to, you know, take him back in a way. But like she's like saying no. And again, this I love is the that part strength. of Ta- yeah. This is the part of Taylor Swift's feminism that I think is on a whole beneficial in how she like she has a threshold for male bullshit that she's willing to take. Like if you cheat on me, if you man- if you lie to me, if you're generally manipulative, then bye. Like that's that's great. That is And again, that strength at that age is good. I think it's a good she's thing. a good female role model um to like 13 year olds and like uh just kids and like uh girls in their like early teens and stuff but like i don't think that she's a good feminist role model that makes sense okay well speaking of feminist role models let's talk about you belong with me (laughs) feminist song of our generation there's this piece um called Why Taylor Swift Offends Weirdos, Feminists, and Little Monsters um, by an art, by a writer named Reese. That was written in like 2010 that kind of highlights this interesting thing about this song about the, it's called the Madonna Whore Complex where um, it describes it as like Taylor is presenting two, two different types of women. The virginal girl in a white dress that turns heads versus the whore who is awful and treats the boy like shit, but luckily doesn't have feelings. <laughs> and it's like, basically like she's claiming that the big offensive part of this song is she pits these two different types of women against each other. Well, I think she does a lot of that. Um, like the pitting woman against each other, which like you already pointed out, but like in this very specific way. Um, and like, I think that, uh, this song is definitely the worst about it. Um, and it's definitely like one of the more popular ones that she's had that does that too. Um, but yeah, it's just in general, unfortunate. <laughs> and she should like, she was like 20 years old or something when she released this, like she, she could have done a lot better. The, the, the problem with like pitting these two types of women against each other is one, it's not like one or the other is, you know, inherently better or worse. It's, there, there's that element. But then there's also, oftentimes it is more complicated than this person's good or this person's bad. And it paints them in opposite corners of each other, too. Like, uh, in reality, Taylor Swift probably knew very little about this, like, person that she's competing with. She just... Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah she just knows, like that um, she's, like, one of those girls, like, one of those cheerleaders and stuff, like... uh, Oh, look at me in my T-shirt. I can't compete. (laughs) Yeah, like, she uh, probably didn't actually know the person very personally, and, like, you can't... um, You can't really get a full picture of somebody by just saying, like, oh, well, like she wears short shorts, she's a cheerleader, like, she, um, is, like, like, you can't just take these very superficial concepts and paint this entire picture of this person, like, that they're this awful, like, um, person who, like, doesn't know him very well, and, like, that, uh, I don't know, that she's so much more virtuous because of, like, 
because she knows her entire internal self, but she knows two things about this one person. It feels like it's bred off like a lot of insecurity in that like people are I, I a lot of like people are like, you know, oh, she's actually pretty. Like she can't just like put on glasses and call herself like, you know, blah blah blah. It's like, you know, unfair to people who are actually like ugly, blah. But like I think, you know, it's not like foreign to people who are conventionally attractive to like feel this way, to feel this insecurity, to feel like, oh, what do I have that she doesn't have? Or like, what do I have that he doesn't have? And that insecurity, I feel, is why she like chooses to like pit these two, like these two people against each other in the narrative. Yeah. Yeah, it's just frustrating to me. <laughs> I hate like. I hate that so much. The um, just idea that they have to be at odds um, because they are both interested in the same guy. Okay, let's go on to um, b- 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 breathe. Breathe. Bre- breathe. Featuring Colby Calais. <laughs> so this song is about a friendship ending, and how two people have had to move apart and how, you know, she, she, this song is about her choosing to keep going and breathing, even though it's losing this friend is like a gut punch. And like, she feels as though her sits, like she's kind of lost her center in a way. Um, and I think it's, she has a reputation for like singing about boys all the time, but this is about a female friendship. And, the isn't it's like a more it's a juicy thematic landscape where it's more about like how a friendship drifted apart and it's nobody's fault like this is a really fascinating like topic that i wish she kind of like explored a little more like maybe another song about this some other album or something like that um it's just it <clears throat> yeah just like I would love to like hear her sing about loneliness beyond romantic loneliness is what like something I'd be like really interested in hearing from her. Yeah. Well, another thing about me, I was a very lonely kid, so I felt this song a lot. <laughs> um cuz like uh except like I felt this song on a superficial level. Now, like, having gone through something, like, uh, I mean, I've lost a lot of friends over the years, um, just, like, drifting apart and stuff like that. But, like, that feeling of, like, not being able to breathe without a, like, specific friend, like, that's something that I've rarely had. Um, And, like, it sucks. It's like a sucker punch. It's... Yeah, it's... There are like opportunity. There have been moments where like, if I, if I'm if this person isn't in my life, and this these feelings go away after a time, or like subside to a level where you could like kind of go through your day to day life, but when it happens, it's just like, I would rather die. Like I would rather die, or I'd rather like not. I would rather quit. I'd rather stop doing this because. Oh, I get that. I'd rather die. So feeling like. I have been suicidal and like it's a rough place to be like combining that with like uh like 
the threat of like losing my best friend and like that uh did put me in a place where like I wanted to kill myself and like it was really hard to get out of that and like I finally like I feel like I'm in a better place now and like where the threat of that doesn't feel as like um suffocating like it like it does get to a point where like it's more manageable and like you feel like you can kind of like walk again and breathe again and like that even if like something were to happen then like you can uh, like that it's okay but like with friendships like that it takes a long time to get to the point like where you can think quote-unquote rationally about it right it's for me um what i experienced was like when i lost friends or like when like friends you know i've cut friends off or friends cut me off it's like not to start over not to like (laughs) not to like that's the that's and like to me at the time to me it wasn't worth it to like do that work again because that's what it is it's work it's start it's like it's being cut off at the knee and like having to like now you have to crawl through there and like get through the like the this like glassy path or whatever and it's 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 devastating and um yeah this song is this song is I it's like it more now. Very realistic, like, yeah. Yeah, like it's and it's nuanced. It's like the song saying it's like no one's fault. Um, you know, it's it's not like you're a bad guy and I'm a good guy. Like yeah. like the previous song, you know. Um, it's a good song. I think that's a great song. So um, that's um, let's uh, take a little break and then we'll talk about the second half of this album. it's Ezra, the co-host of the podcast I co-host. How's it going, buddy? It's going pretty good. Oh, man, Ezra, what happened to your voice? Oh, not much. It's just I was, uh, you know, in those nature documentaries how cats lick their, their young. Well, I tried to do that with my cats, but my cats had uh, polyps on their, on their scalps, so I have the polyps in my throat now. Oh man, I'm sorry, Ezra, but I know we'll cheer you up. A web series called Delivered. Wow! This, 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 the prospect of watching a new web series created by independent creators has really put a pall over my existential dread. Delivered is a six-episode web sitcom following Corey, a college student and delivery driver who's wandering aimlessly through his life. Wow, Andrew! That sounds like a certain co-host of this podcast I know! <laughs> okay, Ezra, calm down. Uh, here's the thing, Ezra. Do you want to hear the thing? Yes, I want to hear things! I'm a big fan of things! I love Dr. Seuss! Well, it's got jokes. It's got gags. It's even got a little bit of hearts. Wow! What a cool thing! Who does this web series star? Well, it stars Ryan Luzzo, Kimmy Schofield, Kadeem Fuller, and Danielle Monson. Wow, those are literally my favorite people in the whole universe! 
<laughs> oh, and don't wait until you hear who it's directed by. Who is it? I'm flying at the scene in my pants with anticipation. Well, it was directed by Nick Morse and the music. Oh, the music. It's by Sonny Tor and it's Push Soul Collective. So, you can find the web series on Facebook and YouTube by searching Delivered Web Series into the search engine. And by the time you're hearing this ad, all six episodes will be available for your viewing pleasure. Now I'm getting amped up. Wow, we finally something we agree on, even though we, the premise of this podcast is us disagreeing on most things. We can both agree that Delivered is a great web series and we should both watch it! Yeah! Let's go hand in hand and watch this web series together. In a platonic sense, but together. I love you, buddy. I'm indifferent to you! And we're back! Uh, so let's talk about... Um, ba 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 Let's talk about... Tell me why. Um, the line, you could write a book on how to ruin someone's perfect day. The delivery and the line itself. Yeah. Rules. Phenomenal. <laughs> so good. Like, I th- I feel like lines like these is where, like, Taylor gets her reputation as, like, a good writer. Like, or, like, yeah. someone who can, like, maybe it's maybe not the most, like, you know, revolutionary thing anyone could ever say, but, it, like... Just it. I think it, it's just like so effective. I think. Yeah, I like the way that she delivers that so much. Just the yeah. um, attitude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever she does. <laughs> and I, uh, I like that the song is like a. I don't know. It's just all. It's like she just started writing out all of the like frustration that she was feeling towards this guy at this time. Like, mm. uh, just all of these, um, I don't know. It like, it doesn't feel like something where she rationally sat down and thought like, why am I upset about this? Like, it's something <laughs> like she didn't give herself time. She like came straight from an argument and was just like, I'm sick and tired of your attitude. Like, oh, so and just good. jumped right into it. Like, I that's, really like it. <laughs> that's something I connect with so much, like, wanting to say that. And I ima- I imagine, like, a lot of people wanting to say that to me. But, like, I'm so sick of your attitude. <laughs> like, that's that, that's something, that's a phrase I really connect with. Like, like, and, you know, the little things you kind of just, like, let go and, like, passing or let go in certain arguments. But, like, um, this feels, like, very cathartic. This, this, um, she's, like, this talk, this, like, this guy with like a hot streak temper and like you know a bad attitude is like preoccupying her mind and she's using the power of songwriting to get it out yeah i like songs like this that she does a lot better than like the poppy everything is perfect type things like Mm. i like uh just the anger in it and everything and like uh i I don't know, like, there's something that's actually happening in the song, and, uh, <laughs> instead of just, like, I don't know, like, I guess a lot of her love songs just feel really hollow to me, but, like, uh, like, even going into the bridge, like, that sounds so, like, such a shitty situation and everything, and, 
like, why do you have to make me feel small so you can feel whole inside? Why do you have to put Ugh. down my dreams so you're the only thing on my mind? That's kind of, like, getting into, Ugh. like, the... It's gaslighting, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it's kind of getting into some of the stuff that we talked about with the Rumors album, but yeah, it's gaslighting, and that's why it is like that. Yeah. Um, that's... Ugh. <laughs> her, her threshold for male bullshit is pretty low. Like, that's great. Like, that's the... Yes. Good... Yeah. Um... Okay, so the next song is, um, hmm, what's it called? Uh, You're Not Sorry. You're Not Sorry. You're Not Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, well, um, I know that she performed it once, and, uh, like, maybe that is the music video, or maybe it was a live performance that she did, where, like, it starts raining in the middle of it, like, on wow. stage. Wow. Like, it's not an outdoor stage, so, like, they they staged the rain. But, like, just the drama. <laughs> Ugh. Taylor is so inauthentic. She... I bet that wasn't even real rain! <laughs> Could you imagine, like, that's the reason someone thinks Taylor's problematic? It's like... <laughs> she's not that loud! She's using a microphone! That garbage... That garbage person. Um... Ah, she's so, not loud. She's using a microphone. <laughs> that was a late reaction. <laughs> Sorry, I was like reading the words a little. Um, um, the harmonies are nice. Um, yeah, I like this song a lot, and it probably is like harmonies and stuff. Yeah. And like, I like things with like the strings in the background. Like that's what frustrated me about Love Story is that there were like strings in the background that actually sounded really nice, but they didn't like cut away some of the acoustic guitar to where you could hear it yeah i don't have any i don't really have anything to say about the song um uh let's get to the way i loved you um sounds like complicated by avril lavigne a little bit it sounds like a hot mess <laughs> whoa no not like the sound of the song but like uh it sounds like that relationship was a hot mess oh okay okay <laughs> uh yeah what are your thoughts on this song um i think she's got some issues she's got to work through yeah i feel like at this point i'm a little sick of the album in terms of like um the the the, the it's kind of exploring the same thematic territory and not doing anything like there's not a lot of progress in between these couple songs like not really yeah like she's kind of like like uh, tell me why you're not sorry and the way I loved you is kind of like the same thematic. I guess this is like a little more of a revel, like a turn in the story where like she like she's left this guy, but like kind of like feels drawn to him anyways, um, which is I, I do kind of feel bad for the guy she's she was in a relationship with like the the quote, the sensible, so incredible one. Yeah, there there's something to say about like. You know, just because someone's good doesn't mean they're right for you. Like, just well, because yeah. this person... I agree with that, but, like, it sounds like she has some issues. Yeah, like, like you should yeah. talk about this stuff. And Yeah, like, uh, screaming and fighting and kissing in the rain, like, 2 a.m., cursing your name, like, the that kind... I don't know, just, like... 
missing something that's like so tumultuous and everything like I understand like missing any relationship because there are so many feelings there but like uh the fact that she doesn't want to be with this new guy like it it sounds like the reason that she's saying that she doesn't want to be with him is because it is comfortable and it's like which she literally says it's comfortable um and it's uh somebody who like makes her feel too safe like not somebody who she can fight with and like i don't know and Yeah. It's okay to be happy and to have a relationship <laughs> where you get along with the person. Uh, it's, it, yeah, like, it is... It, Straight people. It does kind of, like, encourage the nice guys finished last narrative a bit. Um, what, from the guy's perspective, at least. Yeah. Where, like, like, I'm doing Thank everything right. Thank you for right. drawing attention to the, like, much, like, underheard male perspective. <laughs> you're welcome I'm, I'm glad that's why i started the podcast <laughs> yeah there, there needs to be more men opinions on podcasts um it's just like um yeah just because it's like passionate you know and there's like but there's like just because it's passionate in the good way it's also like passionate in the bad way of like you know they're fighting and they're not compatible and Earlier on, it's talking about how, you know, he was gaslighting her and she was like, it, he, he was making her feel confused and like angry and frustrated all the time. And I feel like this is something very similar to what you were saying in the Barcelona episode with that one song where it's like, you know, if it hurts, it's not real love. That line. It's kind of the same idea of like, you know, sometimes being in love is like mundane. Sometimes it's not the most fun thing, but there's still love. And not to say, like, that she loves this guy or whatever, but, like, you know, the idea that love is, like, always just, like, strong emotions all the time is, like, kind of... Is it an immature view of love? Yeah, it's not sustainable, um, being in a relationship like that. It's fucking exhausting. And, uh, like, I get that, like, you want there to be passion there and everything, but there can be passion without being literal screaming, fighting, like cursing all the fucking time it's a good song i like it um forever <laughs> and always <laughs> um it's at this point i'm kind of tired of like the album like kind of pulling the same songwriting and production tools even though individually i kind of generally like the songs carly ray jepson's emotion i i feel like that album succeeds because each song has a different feel to it while still being a cohesive piece when I feel like the other out like the this is like it's the same guys producing it it's the same male harmonies helping out it's the same like guitar tricks the mandolin tricks like the same type of drums and it's just like it's like a different song it's like different songs written the same font basically I I why is I believe it was a Tuesday necessary <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> why is she in why does she have to include that? <laughs> I, I, there's a, there's also this it reminds me of this one line that like Taylor says at one point, like, people are people. Uh, <laughs> That's the funniest thing to say. Oh yeah. 
here, like, tell me a little bit about your, like, tell me a little bit, like, about a problem you're having these days. And then I'll, like, respond accordingly. Um, yeah, so, uh, my roommate has been, um, complaining about me playing music too loud. Huh. Well, well, I'm sorry to hear that, but, you know, people are people. Gotta go! <laughs> <laughs> What a good friend. <laughs> real real insight into the human psyche over there. You know what? I hadn't thought about it that way. And I never will again. I already forgot what you said. Goodbye. <laughs> like the, um, it's like the Chris D'Elia bit about like, at the end of the day, at the end, like, it's the same thing as like saying at the end of the day. Like, you could say anything after that saying, at the end of the day, Chairs are cool. Gotta go. Just like. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a um, good bit. I like Gustalia. Uh Me too. Yeah. He seems like he's a little unstable, um, <laughs> but I like him. <laughs> uh, 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 what were we talking about? Uh, forever and always. I believe it was a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> uh,. It, yeah, it's fun to sing. A, a lot of these songs must be so fun to sing at karaoke. Yeah, this song is yeah. fun to sing. Do I like the way mean? she sings Baby Baby Back Up. Like, Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, again, it's the same thematic territory as like the previous four songs. It's just like, you know, you lied to me. I, you said you're, we're going to be together forever, but that's not the case. It's kind of just like the same thematic territory. <laughs> Could you imagine if she said it like that? Like, if that's the way that she phrased it, like, you lied to me. You said that we'd be together forever, but that's not the case. (laughs) (laughs) That lyricism. Good job, Andrew. I wrote something very similar. In my notes, I kind of wrote generally what I just said, which is funny, too. (laughs) The idea, but like um yeah i should write wikipedia like synopses <laughs> you should write all of the genius entries <laughs> okay um so uh just side note you can cut this but like uh-huh. uh in reading like preparing for uh the straight out of oz um the song i think it's uh the song poppy like that uh the genius annotations are hilarious because basically like every other annotation is just todrick is gay (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you thank you (laughs) it's much needed context yes <laughs> oh, that song. Anyways, that song, that song is never nuts. touched a boob in your whole life, and she's got two of them. <laughs> um, let's talk about the best day. Uh, the line, and daddy's smart, and you're the prettiest lady in the whole wide world. It's kind of an underhanded compliment. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, for real. Dad's dad's smart, but you're pretty. You're pretty just like (laughs) 
Um, well, and it's like, if she was writing that as a kid, it's like, okay, well, maybe, like, that's the generals that were forced onto yeah. her. But, like, the fact that she's writing this after the fact as an adult, it's like, okay, that's really shitty. Um, okay, so we, we, we're dunking on this song a little bit, but, like, I think this is such a sweet, sweet song. I wish this was the last track. I wish this was, like, how they ended the album. Because it's so sweet and like I think, yeah, I think that she had um, multiple ways that she wanted to end the album or something like that. That's what it seems like at least, like because of the last several tracks, like seem like they could all just cut off there. Yeah, um, it it's like um, I I I think this is such a sweet, lovely song, and I think um, the thing that's in the thing that makes this song really special to me is that she's verbalizing her appreciation for the people in her life and not just verbalizing it but immortalizing it in a song that hundred millions of people will listen to I, I also just think it's so important to like verbalize your appreciation and make it real for the people in your life too like there's there's like hundreds of ways you could say I say I love you non-verbally but to actually verbalize it in this way and the reasons why I think it's so important to do like every so often and I I, I, I you know there are reasons to dunk on the song but it's so it's I think it's very beautiful uh, yeah yeah I <laughs> well i can't like sorry relate to it a lot because uh i have a complicated relationship with my mom um but like i think that it is sweet and that's cool that she wrote it <laughs> searing insights <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's me. But like, um, so change. <laughs> yeah, change. I did not like this song. <laughs> I liked it to quote it enough to quote it on a paper. Apparently, <laughs> it just like never has revolution sounded so rote and like factory made. Yeah, <laughs> like a call to revolution. Like, I know. I 100 percent like agree with that. It's not. It's. Go ahead. It's like a church girl trying to like be Avril Lavigne. <laughs> like, yeah. It can't. You can't. You can't cuss. You can't. Uh, you can't do anything. What is it trying to say? I don't even know what it's trying to say. It's just like I like blank out anytime the lyrics like kind of. I happen. think that that's what's meant like, to happen. <laughs> I don't <sighs> think that you're supposed. To, I don't think that you're supposed to think too hard about any of Taylor Swift's lyrics. To be honest. Yeah, I don't know. It's there's some that I think are worth thinking about, but like, uh, to be fair, but like, uh, yeah, this one is there's nothing. Well, especially here. early no Taylor Swift, to this I guess. Okay, so let's get into our final thoughts on this album. Uh, the way it is is like we'll give it a rating of one to ten, and we'll also kind of we'll also like give it a fun little rating system like for each episode. We'll we'll you'll understand when we actually do it. Um, okay, so Ezra, what do you give this album? Uh, oof. Um, I'll give it a, um, six out of ten, uh, short shorts. Um, 
<laughs> and I uh, I don't know. I'm like tempted to rate it a little bit higher just for nostalgia purposes, but like I probably would have and I probably would have towards the beginning of this conversation, but like I think that you're right that a lot of it just falls flat. A lot of it is very uh similar to each other, and so after a while it's like I'm kind of tired of listening to this. Um like I've been listening to it as we're talking and like it just it's not like it's a little tiring to be honest um it's not uh, an incredibly like interesting album but there are some that are great like uh, i really like tell me why um and uh i like definitely agree with you andrew about like her um being a good female role model and like just the strength and like the not putting up with shit from guys and like, I think that, uh, that is, like, I think that that's definitely, like, a strong suit of hers, but, uh, overall, um, I think that it would have done a lot better if she had, like, other people that she was collaborating with on this. Uh, yeah, I feel like the thing you said about, like, uh, she's a good female role model, but not a good feminist role model, is that it's, I've been trying to put that into words, and that's part of why I've been defensive of her whenever whenever people are, like, crit- critical of, like, but she's actually, like, good at this. She, you know, she does this, and, like, this is, like, beneficial. But, like, the that distinction makes it so much clearer for me. So thank you, by the way. Like, that's amazing. Um, I think this is, like, um, again, like, there's a lot of mature... There, I keep saying again, there's a lot of maturity uh, on this album for such a young age, songwriting wise, production wise, um, you know, content wise, there's a lot of maturity. Um, and there's a lot, there's, it's interesting to see an artist in their infancy like this and like how generally, even though I'm not the target audience for this type of music, how much it holds up how much a lot of these ideas hold up. And um, even though there's like a lot of problematic elements, like we, we, I, I feel like they're not problematic enough where I'm like, well, I can't ever listen to this or I can't ever enjoy anything this artist puts out. Um, generally, I'm able to like, <clears throat> like if I had a kid, I would let them listen to this, but also explain why this is not okay or explain why this is problematic. And I think that's a good distinction rather than like this person's so problematic. You can't don't even bother giving them the ears. Don't even bother like giving a radio play or whatever. Um, but like, yeah, this like, but after a while, like um, even though there's a lot of good that like in terms of like, you know, um, her like having val- her valuing herself, her having that low threshold for male bullcrap, it's after a certain point it gets a little rote gets a little routine she keeps pulling the same tools out of her songwriting tool belt and um yeah like there there are a few songs i'll i could see myself revisiting um new gems too but other than that just like yeah seven out of ten uh books on how to ruin your perfect day so yeah so we did it okay so let's get into our I've been meaning to listen to that. And I did. Playlist. Playlist. Great. 
Yeah, Ezra, what are you going to choose for today's song? Um, I'm just going to choose one that uh, I've been listening to a lot lately. It's very catchy, very poppy. Um, it's uh, Nights With You by Mo. Oh, click. So, uh, this song, she's uh, basically talking to her friend who uh, has not, like, she's talking to her friend and, like, um, basically just trying to cheer her up, like, uh, bringing her out to hang out, like, saying, like, uh, don't, like, don't worry about your phone, like, don't worry about your boyfriend, like, just come out with me, hang out, have a good time. Sounds super gay, though. <laughs> um, and, uh, like, it, I don't know, it seemed like a valid where she's trying to, like, steal this, uh, girl, like, from her boyfriend, um, because she says, like, don't care about your boyfriend waking up alone and stuff like that, but, like, apparently it's just a friendship ballad, like, Aww. it's just got some, um, gals being pals vibes, um, hmm. but, yeah, so I guess, like, the tie-in is female friendships and stuff. Yeah. Which Taylor Swift talks about a little bit. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> the next... Uh, okay, so the song I'm going to choose is uh, from Kanye West. It's called Hey Mama. Um, click. I do feel like Kanye West gets an... Un- like, in a similar way, but in a different way. And obviously, I'm more critical of him lately. Um, but like, I feel like he gets a lot of criticism of like, he's not a genius or like, he's not like good at like, you know, his, especially recently, his raps are very like direct and to the point and, you know, abrasive. But like, this is Kanye at his happiest, at his most playful, at his most joyful and loving. And it's, it's a song about his mother. And it's like, this is a song that like, in a, in in the same in the same way I feel a grief towards like you know my innocent self uh listening to some of these songs I feel a great sense of grief listening to this song because his relationship with his mother is so pure and so it's like this is the person he loves more than himself this his mom is someone he loves more than himself and appreciates more like the person he respects and loves the most in the world and she was like taken away from him after she died and like i feel like so many of his decisions have been informed by that loss and so many of what people perceive as like crazy or you know unhinged has been like kind of rooted in like this love being ripped out of his life so but like um this song is so beautiful and so pure and joyful and i love it a lot so yeah yeah okay all right so ezra has a closing sentiment for this episode that we're gonna read right now three two one people are people anyways see you Okay, thanks for showing up, everybody. Have a good day.
click. Okay, we're done. <laughs>